Hi everyone, welcome to For the Culture, the center point of art and entrepreneurship. Today we have Shane Massey and Paige Vantatelli. Uh, I found Shane actually through a follower of ours on Instagram. Uh, he basically just messaged me and he was like, hey, uh, you should check out Shane. Shane's a really cool guy. I went to go look at his Instagram, saw the work and I was like, damn, this guy's actually got something going on. By the way, I think I should uh, give this guy, the guy that like, Message me a shout out. So, yeah, quick out. shout out to Timmy Gregson. Ah, hey, Timmy. Of course, it's Timmy. I know. I know. I know who that guy is. That's a long story. That's a good one. Okay, I would love to hear this story real quick. Okay, <laughs> okay. but uh, just give me a moment here. So, um, Shane Massey, hmm. this guy has a lot of things going on for him. He's been and he's been working in his own media company uh, with a name yet to be determined at this point, right? Yeah, so a lot of what I've been doing is just under my own name right now, so Shane Massey. Um, but my actual production company name is Truly Blessed Productions. So that's where a lot of my billing and stuff goes through. But I just, personal name, I find it's, it's, it's easier to remember. People remember a face better than a brand right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of variables when it comes to remembering brands and stuff. That's like, it's like, you know simplify it man just like simplify it so and then Paige is basically an assistant that works with with Shane right now so um it's like a, you guys have a cool little thing going on here and you've been working with um you've been working with like fitness people like Danny Gets Fit and Patty Lift and Rashawn um Rowlack, which we had on our episode our 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 second pilot episode for for the culture which was cool um it's a good episode man Thank you. I appreciate Shut that. I uh, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, you've been doing a lot of really good looking work. You know, there's a lot of sort of, um, no, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of like s people that are starting up in Kelowna that haven't really like got their video footage down just yet. But like, you know, your footage that I've seen, it's like really well produced. You know, you got your colors on point. You, every, the composition works, looks really good. And um and you know you really seem to know what you're doing obviously and and i can i it looks like content that i would watch you know which which it is which is why i have you here <laughs> i mean that's the goal right yeah <laughs> we're all trying to produce stuff just for people to watch um i think that's that's ultimately why i loved filmmaking originally is um as much as i i i like to think i'm humble i love the attention i love being like for a short period of time, at least not 24 seven, but the center of attention. So it's fun. Like when, um, when my films or if people enjoy even like my Instagram content, that's, that's really all I like to do is, is share my story through, through that vision of, um, video or photo or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get into this then. So where did this all start? How, how did you get into videography? Where, where was the beginning point of this? Okay. So I'll tell you how I got into videography and then we'll come back to the Timmy Gregson story later. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's kind of how, uh, how I got into the fitness stuff too. So I'll tell that story. Dope. Okay. Um, so I guess, I guess it would probably start in my childhood is when I got into film. Um, growing up, both of my parents divorced at a very, very young age. So I was only like two, two or three years old. So I don't remember my parents being together. And, uh, I was, I was an only child as well, so I found that I had a lot of free time, especially as I got older, because my mom trusted me to stay at home by myself and um, just, like, just watch my dogs and stuff like that, so uh, I wasn't like a super lonely kid, but I didn't have a whole ton of friends growing up too, so I only had maybe like a handful of like 10 people that I would hang out with, which eventually whittled down to like five. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, when I was bored and when I was like lonely, a lot of the stuff I would do was uh, watch films or I'd watch TV because that's just what was available to me. Um, but I never really loved, I guess I never really liked just regular TV. So like uh, a lot of these morning shows and like news and stuff like that, I don't watch. Like I haven't watched the news in probably like 10 years. Yeah. And mostly because it's just, um, it's not very interesting to me. Uh, I really love the aspect of storytelling. So um I fell in love with cinema at a very young age. So my dad and I would always go out to films and we'd go to see just like matinees in the middle of the day. And um, I don't even remember like specific movies that we went to go and see, but that's kind of where it started is just uh, because like I was so, um, I felt like disconnected from my dad that having that initial um, theater and that like movie to bond over was really nice because I still don't have like a super strong connection with my parents um they're really supportive of what I do which is great they didn't they weren't originally and then I had to sell them on the fact that I could actually like 
produce films, um, which took a few years, but it's okay. It was worth it. That's kind of how it is with everybody that's in the whole creative field. You have to kind of sell it to your parents and make it seem like the money you're spending, the time you're spending is actually worth it. Because they are, they, you know, ideally most parents, especially my brown parents that I have, they want me to be like a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm sure your parents aspired you to be as successful as something like that. Yeah. So a lot of my parents, um, <clears throat> well, I guess a lot of my family is very conservative. So I grew up in Alberta and uh, it's a very conservative place. Um, so a lot of my family was in uh, RCMP, cops, border security. My stepdad was uh, like border security for years. So all of our dogs were trained to detect drugs from like cocaine to marijuana to Damn. like um, guns and like gunpowder so i was in like a very different place i yeah. was not i was not really i didn't really grow up with the creative crew a whole lot right um a lot of my my day was like routined and structured so um it was a lot of organized sports with with going to school and that was basically my life my like my life for like probably like 16 years and then uh i kind of switched up once i got older because i just got bored of sports man it's just it was uh it was time to create i found so that's kind of like what pushed me out um so yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got into videography and fell in love with it. It's a young age, kind of fell in love with it. Uh, yeah, and like trying to convince my parents to make me or let me go out to film school. Um, and I think the only, the only um, big advantage I had was that I had my first job ever. I'd worked at EB Games and I learned how to sell. So I, yeah, I was. Uh, I had a little bit of experience when it came to selling to my parents because I knew what they were looking for. They they just wanted to know like what. I was actually going to be doing out of school and like what I wanted to do. So um, I got lucky as well because my best friend since kindergarten, Mark, ended up going. Um, he was going to go to the school that I wanted to go, excuse me, to the Center for Arts and Technology. So, and uh, he had basically committed to it. So he was just going to go no matter what. And he was like, yo, you should come out too because like you like filmmaking. I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. And uh, he's like, we could rent a place and it'd be a lot cheaper because Kelowna is fucking expensive, man. Uh, yeah, amen to that. Especially being a student. So yeah, Damn I just like... impossible. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. It's so gorgeous out here. Oh yeah, it's For beautiful. as much as we complain. <laughs> way better than Alberta. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's like how I got out. And then I convinced my parents to come and let me go out to film school. So that was a huge win for me. And then after that, uh, my best friend and I moved out here to go to school together and basically learn filmmaking. And then that's what I did. Took a uh, took the digital filmmaking program at uh, the Center for Arts and Technology. Uh, I did that for 18 months. So it was like a year-round school. So we'd go for three months on and then get two weeks off. I really enjoyed it, actually. It was one of the things that... Um, I think really excelled me because going into film school, a lot of what you learn is the technical side. The only thing that I really liked about Cato was they taught like a basic of the technical side, but they taught a lot about the entrepreneurial side. And I think it was just because of the teachers, really. It was just by chance. Right. But it was something that connected with me. Yeah. So going out, I had a I had a whole idea and like business plan of how I was actually going to create my own company and like uh, eventually kind of like take over the videography game in Kelowna. Um, yeah, and so that's that's kind of like my my come up, I guess. So dope. Yeah, I've been doing professional film for about four years. I say professional because I've been getting paid for it for mm. about four years. There but I've go. been producing films since I was in like, fuck, man. I'd probably say like elementary school, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, damn. Like, uh, I started up your on game photos. now. Yeah, I started on photos. Um, I used to do a lot of like just basic uh, like film photos on like those uh, disposable cameras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of that when I was younger. Dude, I've been doing a lot of that like six months ago, man. <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> well, yeah, no, disposable film just like has this look for it, you know? Even like yeah. Fujifilm cameras, Polaroid cameras, like all that stuff. We love that kind of stuff. It's super vintage. But no, it's it's dope though what you're doing though, right? It's 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 like you're taking exactly what you're supposed to do with your creative, you know, what quote unquote supposed to do that your parents would see and you made it work for yourself, which a lot of people don't get that sort of like structured sort of um, entrance into filmmaking, right? A lot of people are just kind of more like, hey, I'm going to go do this. And then their parents are like, what are you talking about? You've never even delved into this kind of thing at all. But you've been doing this for quite a while now and it's been working for you, man. Thanks, dude. I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying to make it work for me. <laughs> so, so tell me, how did you get into your, like, your first projects, your first paid projects? My first paid project, hey? So 
I'll I'll take it back to my first paid project in Kelowna because that was the first one that I can really remember. And I'm actually still working with the same client that was my very first client, wow. my very first fitness client, believe it or not. Fucking sweet guy. Shout out to Ryan uh, from Apex Fitness. He knows who he is. He's a sweet guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it came out of school. I was didn't really know what I was going to do. I had an idea that I was going to create the production company and that um, – well, more than idea, I guess. I had like created all the paperwork for it and it was a company. I just needed clients at this point. So I needed money coming in the door to actually be able to do anything. So I'd been working out for about four years. I got into fitness in grade 12. So a lot of the people that I was hanging out with um, worked at the gym or were part of um, just part of the gym, I guess. So I knew a lot of people in Kelowna just based off of the fitness culture and the fitness market just by chance. Um, and so simply what I did was I went to Facebook and Instagram and I looked for tags in Kelowna. And then from there, I just looked at all the fitness people um, to shoot for. And then I found, uh, I, found Apex Vision Fish, fit, bleh, I found Apex Vision Fitness because I was looking at uh, top tags in Kelowna and they were one of the first people who showed up. So I went from his Instagram page, uh, which had like a couple, I think like 40,000 followers or 50,000 followers um, right to his website. And then when I looked on his website, they didn't have any video. So I knew that the door was open. It was a super, super easy ask. And I reached out to him on Facebook, just on his uh, brand, uh, like his business Facebook page. I was like, hey man, um, I really want to do video for you. I finished school. Um, Here's some of the work I've done. uh, And I would love to just be able to do something for you for free for the first time. Yeah, so I did it for free. Um, it, was, it was kind of a big win. Uh, so he said yes, which was super sweet. So he replied to me, I think, the day of. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm so down. So I think it was like two days later, we ended up going and shooting at World's Gym. And then from there, um, I I had the... I, I guess I just had the chance to shoot like a little two-minute video. It's still on my YouTube channel somewhere. Yeah, I think it's called like... Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Working Out With Beasts or something. I can't remember. Uh but I just I just shot it and they were just like really intense shots and like um, I guess they were cinematic at the time and that's really what made them stand out and then because Ryan had such a following already it was I already knew people were gonna watch it and that was the thing that I was really focused on is attention I didn't want to produce films and have absolutely nobody watch it so I was willing to go out to businesses and and give my work away for free just for Smart. exchange and exposure but proper exposure I didn't want people to talk about uh, the video over. Um, like over Facebook or just on their website, I really wanted people to see it over social media specifically so that they could go right to my channel and, and kind of follow from there. Smart. That's very smart. Thanks, yeah. Man. No, you built yourself up a really smart way of doing things. And honestly, the first impression that I got was like, I think you, from the sounds of it, you almost like pioneered, at least as far as I can tell, like those cinematic fitness shots. Cause like at now it looks like everybody's doing that kind of thing. Everybody has like a cinematic fitness video going on with them yeah you know thanks dude i don't know if i pioneered it i definitely think i was one of the first people to actually kind of put it into place and do it properly um and maybe just have more eyes on it but i really stole a lot of the stuff that i was looking for from christian guzman so um, i watched a few of his videos and i just like the feel of it i like some of the shots and the way it was like it was cinematically just really well done so i was like i can do that and so i copied I didn't copy any specific shots, maybe one or two, like by chance, but um, I really liked the feel of that video. So that was kind of something that I went off of. And then from there, I just kind of created my own style with it because going to film school, I did learn how to make everything look cinematic and look like it's in a movie. So it was really easy to kind of flip that over. Right, right, right. And since then, you must have gotten a lot more um, people asking you to now do work, right? Yeah, man, it's slow. Um, it's, it's up and down, but that's mostly my own fault because I get into projects where I just don't talk to anybody for like months. Um, so I like don't post on Instagram or whatever for a couple of weeks cause I'm just really busy doing stuff or I'm in my own head doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that first contact, um, I met a lot of people through Ryan and through Apex Vision Fitness and doing that video. Um, and then actually the, I think it was like the second video that we did, he sent me out to, uh, the, out, out to Vernon, yeah, out to the field near Vernon, the new college that's out there, and they had just redone all that sighting and stuff, and so he uh, he got me to shoot with two of their um, 
few other team members out there. And when I came back, he just like handed me an envelope of cash and was like, good job. And I was like, oh shit. So yeah, so like the second job I didn't even expect to get money from. I was going to do like probably three, four more videos for him for free. And then he popped me a couple hundred bucks. He's going to listen to this now and be like, damn. Yeah, he already knows. He already knows he's going to all the time. But uh, yeah, man, he probably could have kept running me for free and I would have kept doing it. So I'm really thankful that he gave me some money because it gave me confidence to start doing videos. And then I knew kind of like a, a roundabout of what I could charge because I was already making that much. Yeah, exactly. That's very smart. You know, mm -hmm. that's very smart. And for people that don't necessarily have like the business sort of acumen to start their entrepreneurship uh, with their creativity, you're sort of giving them like, here's how I did it type of deal, which is kind of why I wanted you on here. You know, I want to have more people in Kelowna doing the same kind of thing or like creating their own kind of thing in, in Kelowna that is uniquely theirs. 100%. You know? Yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. Um, I think a lot of it is... Uh, people are very scared to charge money for what they do. Yeah. I was very scared up until last year. So there was a couple of people, okay, a couple of people that I worked with for sure that really changed my mindset because to give you a secret, I was only charging like a couple hundred dollars for videos up until four months ago, five months ago. Wow. And then my rates went up. And it's simply because of the amount of work I was getting, but also because I'd worked a lot of gigs and I had like more than enough professional people under my belt who were not just... Um, fitness trainers or who are not just uh, I guess like uh, random like artists or whatever these were like businesses and companies I'd worked for that were worth millions of dollars in wow. revenue so it was like going forward it was very easy for me to charge more because I knew how much these companies were making per year so like your videos go from 500 to four thousand dollars and you're like whoa that's a lot but then you look at the revenue and it's like you're still getting like 200,000 people to watch this video. Like, you know that the money has already been made up off maybe three, four, five sales from those videos. So I think a lot of artists get stuck in the side or in the idea that they can't charge money for their art because it's not worth anything. And to me, I think you just have to find people who want that value or create more value. And I mean, I listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and oh, of um, course, yeah. yeah, I actually met him, man. I met what? Him. Yeah, dude, I no met. No way, oh, yeah, bro. I met him with uh, Danny Gets Fit. We actually, uh, um, Danny Gets Fit, Kyle and Kristen. Um, we all went out to Vancouver a couple years ago to see him speak, and it was like the first event I've ever ever gone to. First time I've ever seen Gary speak too. And just by chance, at the end of the seminar, we were just walking home, and he was crossing the the way to. Uh, go back to his hotel and we ended up meeting him and him and d-rock so yeah <gasps> no we're actually in, in one of the episodes of uh, gary v too it's pretty sweet you're pretty gonna sick. have to, you're gonna have to show me that once this is over because that's so what did you what did you say to him what Bro, did he say to you i was so nervous man i was like <laughs> Fanboy and i hard. ran up and i was shaking i was like oh, i'm shit sh sh i wasn't that bad but he was still like i was freaking out man um i didn't have anything to say to him because i didn't really have a question um yeah. i think danny asked him a question he was like how do you remain authentic or something um i can't remember what it was but uh i just ended up wanting to meet him and get a picture with him and he was pretty tired at the end of the day but uh i really talked to d-rock for a second and that was cool and the one thing i don't want to brag but the one thing i, I feel like we did really well is that because there was four of us and we all ran across this road to go and actually like meet him and talk to him and d-rock um for those of for those people who don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is and D-Rock, D-Rock shoots and films all of Gary and Gary's just like a professional uh, entrepreneur and like a speaker as well. So D-Rock was filming this whole um, kind of like scenario going down and then I turned to D-Rock and I was like, I really respect what you do, um, like keep hustling and like uh, you're kind of like the dream of what I would like to be. And I think with that kind of solidified us being in the episode because he smiled when I said that and he was like, he was very like lost in the moment because a lot of people don't respect filmmakers. A lot of people no. don't respect the people behind the camera or like yeah. the artists who put the work in to make these people like Gary Vaynerchuk look so much larger than life. Yeah. yeah I don't think people realize how uh, much it actually takes. It's a lot of fucking yeah. effort. Oh, yeah, of course. Dude, know, filmmaking <laughs> is hard, hard work. Yeah, man, it's not easy. And I think a lot of people think it is easy because the technology allows it to be so effortless to start up, which I love. I absolutely love it. But to create a good storyline and to create a flow and to create some emotion and to actually captivate an audience's attention is extremely difficult and something I'm always trying to trying to work on. And yeah. it's not easy, man. Like people have attention spans of two minutes, it seems, but then people will, like I'll sit down and listen to a, a podcast or like a whole movie for like three hours if I can. So it just it really depends on what it is. So yeah. I don't know. There's there's a lot to it. But that's that's kind of like the mystery of 
creativity is it's really fun to dive in into the unknown Mm -hmm. and that's the excitement about it all right and that's that's sort of why i'm into all this because it's like it's exciting to try some new stuff and you almost like create new parts of yourself when you get to make new products for for yourself or other people and so it's very very cool to be a part of that you know and i and i want more people to be a part of it too because i just don't think that there's enough i think there's enough people who are a part of it, I think there's not enough people who are confident and a part there of it. There you go. Okay, I, okay. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think a lot of people, even me, just coming out now, um, this has probably been one of the first, well, this is the first podcast interview I've ever done. So mm-hmm. I'm like super stoked. Like I'm like really humbled because I love, I haven't been interviewed and it's always been my dream to be interviewed on filmmaking. So that's really dope. Welcome to the show, um, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> but it's cool because the confidence has allowed me to get to this point yeah. and it's not been... It's not been going to school. It's not been studying marketing. It's not been studying what makes the Instagram algorithm help me more. It's been the fact that I've worked with people and they're like, you're really good or you're good at this. Charge more, do this. And they've just helped shape kind of um, who I am. So I think that's the important part is with the whole collaborative work and like even what we're doing sitting here, like um, hopefully by the end of it, I'm going to have a different perspective going um forward from here just based off of who you are and like the conversations that we've had today Mm -hmm. i think that's the most important part is that we all live such different lives just throughout um man like throughout society as as it is so to sit down with somebody for even like 20 minutes and to kind of dive deep into their life you could learn a lot and you can possibly avoid a lot of mistakes too i think that's that's the benefit and that's the glory of working with uh, a lot of different artists and just people in general but um for me specifically people who are who are actually doing stuff is is kind of who i love to hang out with yeah of course and i do too i often feel like i don't have enough people like you to hang out with right so i'm just like i want to get to know them more which is why i do this podcast in the first place right i just sort of wanted to um find those people in Kelowna that are doing it and just like really create a really solid community around it right and you you really understand that without me even telling you this so i've been trying to do it for three years in Kelowna. (laughs) man it's not easy to create a team um just because like there's so many good opportunities and everybody wants to do uh, a certain thing or their own thing so really um i've i've almost found that creating a team in Kelowna to work with or like even a group of collaborators is just a lot about creating a friend group it is like just creating people who can yeah family like Mm -hmm. even the even the even like jake that you met today jake and Paige, they're kind of um the main the main crew right now but we're all just doing it for fun um and it's just kind of building those those circles yeah of course yeah because i think the reason why we can't find a lot of people who are doing stuff in Kelowna is because they're usually not doing stuff in Kelowna. they're doing stuff outside or they're doing stuff like um in their own house like editing or like producing music so it's really difficult to find those people who are actually putting in the effort Mm -hmm. um and who are are socially available for a meeting or a sit-down interview, right? Mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot to learn if you just listen. Yeah, you've you've learned a lot too, Paige. Oh, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Actually, you should tell us, like, how did you get involved with this whole thing in the first place? Shane, (laughs) I honestly didn't even really realize how big of an industry filmmaking was until I met him, and it's, it's cool to see him grow. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, how long have you been like doing this with him for? Since we met, essentially, I've just kind of tagged along and been there, carried things around and (laughs) worked its way up since then. Held a camera, pressed record every once in a while. (laughs) You know, the important things. (laughs) You're a filmmaker too, Paige. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of learning audio, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing at a time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And... um, you, we were talking earlier before we did the whole podcast and everything. Like you were telling me about you might want to start venturing into like clothing design and stuff like that yourself, right? Yeah, definitely on the radar. Yeah, it's a lot to a lot to consider, but um, definitely have some designs in the works. And right now, it's just the money issue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's something like that is a lot of money to get into. You know, like you were saying earlier, for like your job that you do, you had to make make a bunch of shirts and ended up costing like two hundred and sixty dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just the startup cost is really the big thing. Once you get the get everything started up and have some revenue coming in, then it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, 
Yeah, it'll that, come one day. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, that platitude is so true. Like, mm-hmm. when I started getting into this stuff, that platitude of, like, it costs money to make money, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so true now. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big deal, man. And that's, like, that's why you got to charge more for your work. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not, if you're only making, like, maybe $100 extra on top of, like, all your expenses, it's no way to grow a business, but that's also just no way to, like, become a better artist or, like, a business person, right? Like, it's just... I think a lot of people don't go into um, the creative realm thinking that it has to be business oriented too. And that's like one of the biggest mistakes. Yeah. And they undersell themselves. And so that perception that they create about themselves then is just like, oh yeah, go to this guy. He's cheap. Yeah. And man, like... Um, Get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To a degree for sure. And there's so many people in Kelowna who just do not charge good rates for video service. So uh, the, the I guess biggest um, biggest challenge I face is budget whenever it comes down to a client because you want to get the best you can for as little money yeah um and sometimes it's just too too small of an amount and i have to be like i can't take this i i have to give this to somebody else even though it's a project i really want to take and uh it kind of sucks but that's also just the way of the beast it's kind of the way of the market um and just the size of Kelowna as it is. And I mean, video is getting more popular. I think Instagram today just announced IGTV, which is an hour long. Um, oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. You can now upload hour long con like just video content onto Instagram. It's going to be so cool. Game yeah. changer. It may be a game changer. I think they're trying to come over the YouTube, um, trying to trying to break into that market but pretty much because like honestly there's so many creators just like fed up with youtube man oh, like, yeah. and you can't get views anymore dude and like monetization is such a shit show now like yeah. you can't even be authentic anymore because the big brands mm-hmm. came in and stole all the revenue so if you're if you're doing like child-friendly content fuck yeah or if you're doing stuff Cheat like that's like educational it's really sick i think that stuff's good okay not child content i think the child content game is a little fucked right now i think there's way too many people trying to just get those easy views and like that money yeah because they know that kids will like endlessly watch videos so your revenue just like put it on autoplay and they'll just watch right through right yeah and that's what youtube likes is just that watch time so i think although so this is the thing so like you have those people who are just going to always cheat the algorithm it's same on instagram too everyone's pushing videos so people are just doing like i mean fitness girls are just doing like booty shots and like them doing like uh bent over rows and stuff like that like showing their butt yeah guys are taking off their shirts and flexing and like showing how cut they are and it's nothing bad about it but it's just like that's the current wave that we're in this artistic wave is kind of gone because that's what the booties Instagram. get the likes, man. Yeah, that's how it goes. So that's what people are focused on right now. But it'll yeah. it'll it'll even out. It'll change up. So the good ones will actually rise to the top again. Yeah, that's kind of what always happens, right? People that often put their priority in the money, in the revenue that they'll get, they end up losing their passion way mm-hmm. sooner than the people that are in it strictly for the artistry of it, right? Because they'll just keep on going. They'll consistently get inspired. Whereas everybody else will be like, ah, oh, I made enough money, you know? Very true. Honestly, like... Real entrepreneurs aren't the types of people that like solely make a business just to sell off and then just like end it, right? The the real entrepreneurs and real people that have integrity are the types that keep on going because it's their passion, not because the money is the passion, you know? So um, with with the type of work that, say, you're doing where you just straight up had a love for video since like you've been young, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll eventually rise to the top way above everybody else that's just strictly in it for the money. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, Yeah. I actually hate video sometimes. <laughs> Love like, hate relationship. I fucking hate it sometimes. Why? It's a it's fucking hard, man. It's a lot. There's a, like I when I edit a video, I can't listen to anything but the same soundtrack that I'm using for that video for like six hours straight. Yeah. So it's a lot of the same note, like over and over and over and over and over and over again. So there's a lot to it. And I, honestly, I did not get into video because I loved it. I fucking I if I if there was an easier way to do film, I would hundred percent do it. Um, the main reason I got into to it because i liked playing with people's emotions and making them feel a certain way and that's really my why going into it um i think what you said about entrepreneurs doing it for the money is really true if you're just in it for the cash you're gonna burn out or one day you're gonna have a project that kicks your ass and you're just not gonna want to finish it yeah yeah you're gonna plateau something's gonna happen but if you have a strong why like simon simon sinek says uh it, it does make the big difference. And I think that's that's why you have people who, uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk or like Tony Robbins or any of these like big, big, um, even like Will Smith, like these guys are big 
because they have an overall vision and like a why that drives them. It's not, I want to make five, $10 million. I mean, that might be a part of it, but it's not the, the full picture. It's not as the it main is. thing. No. And that's kind of what, uh, uh, I've been reading Steve Jobs biography again. Um, um, and he was talking about how like the money has never been a thing for him. Like back when he was young, um, and Apple first started, he was a hippie. He just like didn't need money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, as he grew older, he just happened to like find, well, technology has always inspired him, right? And that, that inspiration and passion for technology has always just let him try to... It always, like, forced him to do more, always forced him to do better. And um, money never let him burn out because he never cared about it in the first place. And so, yeah, I think it rings through to, like, many different facets and levels. For sure. Money's definitely fake success. If you oh, yeah. are basing all of your success, and that is your flagship for, um, I will be successful because I make $10 million a year... Unfortunately, I don't think you understand how difficult that is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the 1% in America make $400,000 a year. Like that's the top 1% of the, the, the like the 100%. Yeah. $400,000 a year. But if you think you're going to make a million dollars at 22 years old because you're selling some fucking pop socket, like spinner thing, it's not going to work, man. Like you're not going to be that baller at 23, 22, 24 that you see on Instagram, you see on YouTube. Like that's a fake, fake way of looking at entrepreneurship. Yeah, and honestly, when I when I see people that are like, "Man, have you seen that guy's Instagram? They're totally living the life." I I have only one question for them, which is like, "Do you believe everything you see on the internet?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it change. You got to be authentically yourself. You'll win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You got it. You got it. And and um, but you know, it's it's like unfortunate that not everybody notices that. But like the thing though too is like. Who cares if it's unfortunate? Because honestly, the people that are like legit and real about it, they'll rise to the top anyway. So yeah. fuck it, let it let them do their thing because they're gonna eventually find it's not the thing for them. Yeah, man. And just like not everybody needs to have that life. Like yeah. it's it's a very stressful life trying to get to a million dollars a year. Trying yeah. to make as much money as you can throughout the day is not something easily done or even like mentally factored in a lot of the time. Yeah. If okay, so if you really want to break it down. It's an immense amount of work that you have to put in from probably 5 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. until like 10, 30, 11, almost midnight. And if you can do that for 10 years, then you'll probably be on the road to it for sure. But that doesn't include like how much content, who's seeing your content, what kind of product you're actually putting out there. If you're, Even if you have anybody to help you out, there's so many different factors to it. And um, work-life balance too, man. Yeah, dude. It's work-life balance is like... I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'll vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, some days I just, I feel like I, I just hang out way too much and like my life is just a big show and like I don't actually do any work to make money. And then other days I just feel like all I do is just sit in front of a computer and edit videos and yeah. cut stuff up. But fuck it. It's better than sitting behind a desk. Yeah. No, no kidding. I would never Working ever. a nine to five. Yeah. yeah. I would never work at an office job. And I think you both like. I did for a while. Did you? Yeah, man. I worked at um, Czech Creative and Clona Now for a little bit. In, uh, Wait, created? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, I worked at Czech Creative. Oh, Czech Creative. Oh, okay, sorry. Clona Now. That's all good. It's okay, like okay. it's the same company. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, did, I actually did have like a desk job coming out of school. So Damn. when I first came out of school, it's not like I just went into being a filmmaker right away. I had no fucking money. I had like worked... Um, and with the help of my parents, uh, before I came out to Kelowna, I had saved up a bunch of money. And so I was able to kind of live off that. And then I lived very lean. Like I did not party. I did not go out. I spent like maybe a hundred dollars a week at max, um, including groceries sometimes. So it was a lot of like just living lean and just trying to get, um, uh, like I, w I was working in a liquor store for a little while for minimum wage. And then I did security. Actually it was security first. And then it was a, or a liquor store security, and then um, it was at Czech Creative. And so those are kind of like the three, four jobs I had within like a month, like three months, three, three and a half months. Um, and I actually really loved working at Kelowna now and Czech Creative. It was definitely what a version of what I wanted to do, but it wasn't the full picture. Right. So I wasn't doing any of their filmmaking or any of their video production content there. I was just doing their business development. And I really did like it because I got to work with the CEO, Nikki, and she was like really smart. More importantly, she's just a very good strategist. So she sees things um, kind of as they are, which is really well done. And I think it's a very rare talent to have. So I was really lucky to get to sit behind the desk and like to learn from her. As well as my friend Savannah really hooked me up with the job because it was a good, like, I was making pretty good money, like a lot more money than I thought I was going to be making right after school. But yeah. it was soul selling. I got to like, 
it was just every day I would come there and I knew that I wouldn't do what I wanted to do. And then um, the hardest part was that on the Kelowna Now side is a lot of their, uh, like their newspaper side and their content driven side. So that's where they do a lot of their video content, their podcast content, their audio content, their picture content. And that's what I wanted to do. And uh, Jim, who is who kind of runs the the video and the 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 Kelowna Now side of things, um, was doing all of the video for them still. And unfortunately, I just didn't get an opportunity to work uh, with the video side. And that's something yeah. I, I just I had to do. So mm-hmm. I ended up quitting um, after like my my second month. I don't even know if I made it like two months actually. Wow. Yeah. So I was it was a pretty it was a pretty harsh cutoff. But I just had to do it. It was like I was waking up every morning and like physically feeling sick. Yeah. So the one I thing I get I learned about myself going through all those jobs is that um, <laughs> I'm very intuitive in the way that like my body tells me things. So like I was feeling physically sick going to work every day. And I was like, maybe this isn't the job for me. <laughs> and then, it's like, a good indicator. Yeah, man. And so I quit. And then as soon as I quit, it was it was way better. Like it was almost like a burden was just lifted off my shoulders. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. It was uh, I did not expect that at all. But it was it keeps me honest. I guess I guess like the main reason that I I can't work a regular job now is because I would physically die. <laughs> like I think I would physically die working a regular no. job. Honestly, to me that sounds like you're a true artist. For real. I, I honestly relate to that. I don't think I could work a regular, regular ass job yeah, nine dude. to five Nothing. every single day for the rest of my life. I just don't think I could. It's a lot. And I did it, man. I did it for when I was in school. Like that was my nine to five job. And then coming out, I worked uh, at EB Games and I also worked at a golf course throughout the summer. So my nine to five job was like, it was actually like 5 a.m. to like 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. some days. <laughs> um before school so i live that life so i I like i know the definition of hard work um, yeah because working on a golf course and then going and selling stuff at eb games is like completely two different jobs well that's physically taxing and mentally taxing yeah so it's just like the play of skills was there but i was willing to do it because i think the dream of being an artist is um is something that i want to achieve at some point in my life um the successful artist would be a nice nice goal to have (laughs) yeah you know um, I did actually have a question for you real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's so the first. Yeah, man. Um, so we were talking about Steve Jobs and kind of like our whys earlier. Yeah. Do you have a why for like the podcast? Like why you really want to want to continue doing this? Oh, okay. So for me, I like the idea of being at the... It's kind of in the bio of the, of, the, of the page, man. It's like I want to be in the center point of art and entrepreneurship in Kelowna, right? I just personally find that I... Like, for example, my band, right? My band, Glow BC. Um, it's just me working with myself, with my bandmates. And, like, we create the music and, I, and the engineer. And I tell and I say, like, I want this, this, and this. But I also have this urge to want to get to know the people around but, and network and stuff like that. But I just personally find that I don't um, actively go out of my way to do that because I just don't have a need to, uh, which I actually do. But it's just, like, it feels like I'm going out of my way for, like, a bullshit reason. So I started for the culture for that. I wanted to get to know the people around Kelowna that can do it. And I, and I want to be in that culture, man. I want to perpetuate that culture. And everybody that I interview, I want them to be represented in the same way. I want them to look like an ambassador. I want them to, like, I want, I want people to look almost like legendary when you see that for the culture logo on them. I want them, I want you to be able to look at it and be like, that looks like a magazine clipping. That looks like something that would be featured, you know? And that's what you represent, Shane. You represent filmmakers in Kelowna that are doing a good job doing like relying on your art to make money. That's fucking fantastic. And that's exactly what, what I want to see. And I want more people to do that. You know, I want people to be able to look at Shane and be like, man, that guy's really doing it. I want to do that. You know, imagine like a 12 year old seeing your content being like, he's a local hero, man. I want to do exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what I want. Dude, I had an experience with that the other day. Oh, really? Last Tell me. month, man. So first off, fuck yes to everything you just said. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I think that's like a really, really strong why going forward. And like to be a part of the culture is amazing. So why not just be the center point? Fuck yeah. yeah. And also... Um, solve your own problems, kids. If you're an entrepreneur, solve your own problems and you'll solve other people's along the way too. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, totally. And by the way, I don't want this to be just localized in Kelowna, by the way, which is why there's no mention of Kelowna on Definitely. the Instagram page. Oh, that's it's good. CA, Canada. Yeah. So I'm trying to, let's see how big we can make this. Broaden this but, out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, continue what you were going to say. Sorry. Lost my train of thought. Um, it was, you, 
there was somebody that uh, came oh, yeah. up to you. Gotcha. Okay, so last month. Yeah, last month I got the chance to work out in Kamloops with my buddy Nolan. So a guy actually just hit up on Instagram. Actually, this one was Facebook. Um, and I he was a local filmmaker out there and producer. So I was like, yo, need help? Hit me up. So he did. Um, paid me to fly or to come out there for a couple of days. And then uh, we were shooting some hotel stuff. And then later in the month we were shooting, or sorry, we were shooting some stuff for Kamloops, ho- uh, not hotel, hospital. And then later we shot some stuff for um, a First Nations group, which I would try and pronounce the name, but I do not want to fuck it up. <laughs> That's fair. Being extremely white as I am. <laughs> but uh, it was cool because the second time we came down after shooting the First Nations stuff, mm-hmm. um, first off, we ended up interviewing, I think, 30 some people in like three days. So wow. yeah, it was a, uh, it was a very, very big job to do. And just with two of us, it was a lot. Um, lots of footage, lots of like camera work, um, lots of running around. And we were traveling to different locations as well the whole time. So it wasn't like we had anybody coming into studio. It was we would go to different locations, find the best thing to shoot, set up like five people to do a group interview, interview them, interview one more group, and then like move on. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of back-to-back. So at the end of it, I was pretty tired. Um, not so much physically as I was mentally, I guess. Um, and then also just the longer call days and then having to do my own stuff on the side to try and keep it up, uh, was just taxing. So we came back after uh, the last day and we're, we're, um, the, uh, the production manager, I would say, uh, the girl who set us up with the actual gig and got us in touch with the first nations community. And she does all the supervi- uh, supervision, um, she came out and she picked us up from um, the the hotel that we were staying at in Kamloops after we'd finished. And then we were going for dinner or something the next day, I think. So we were talking to her. And her son came out and her son uh, like walked down and, um, oh man, I, I just forgot his name. I was talking to him too. Noah. No, yeah. Yeah. Noah. 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 I don't even know if he's listening to this, but shout out to Noah. If he is. <laughs> he's a cool Noah. guy. Little, little, little young filmmaker in the making. But he came out and he actually saw Nolan's red camera. So like a $30,000 camera. And he's like, holy shit. Like, is that a red? And Nolan and I both looked at each other and we're like, yo, people our age don't even know what the fuck this camera is. Like, how does this guy, because he's, I don't know, like maybe 12, 13, like very, very young. Damn. And like, he already knows what this stuff is. So um, we started talking to him and he was like really, really stoked on it. So we're like, yo, you should just skip school tomorrow and come film with us. And his mom was like, yeah, let's do Shane, it. Oh, no. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. So this, this guy came out and he, I, I think he absolutely loved it. I mean, just from the reaction of it. But it was so cool because I think that's really why I love doing it is yeah. being able to show your art and then having somebody inspired off of it is something that's really amazing to me yeah because now you know you have a hand in the way you shape that person's life and it's hopefully for the better yeah and that's the key right because you emotionally affected this person you really got to a point that other people haven't so you've moved them you know and that allows him to harbor the tools and knowledge and skills to move somebody else yeah man building blocks of life exactly and now this kid knows too that like you can make like five six thousand dollars a month like doing filmmaking in Kamloops. Um, and before, I don't think he really knew that. I don't think he really had the the grasp of doing it, right? And so it was cool because after, too, he reached out to me on Instagram and I kind of helped him through a couple things about getting his first client, like how to go up to, um, it was a local bike shop for him, and how to go up to a bike shop and like make a video for them. So I just walked him step by step on basically how I did it with Apex. And uh, I think he was really stoked on it. I'm pretty sure he finished up the video too. So just the other day, I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty good, dude. Maybe we should get Nolan on here. We should That'd get be Nolan. A good idea. Nolan is a dope guy. Nolan is and a, Noah. Noah. Noah, Noah and Noah. You should both yeah. get on here. Um, they both live in Kamloops, but like it would be sick to. I've never I'm met sure either of them, out. but I've heard good yeah. things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think uh, you'd have to talk to Noah's mom, but I'm sure she would be, she'd be down for it. She's really sweet. <laughs> let's let's get him. Let's get him some more uh, videos. You know, let's wait until he gets more videos out, and uh, we'll see what happens, y'all. Yeah, for that'd real, be sick. That'd be sick. Have like a twelve-year-old on here. That'd be too. That'd be cool, man. That'd to be... see like young influencers young and like what they have to say. Yeah, yeah. That'll Next be generation. honestly. That'll be another first. And that guy, you know, Noah would look like a, an ambassador above all the other people because he's so young. Yeah, that would be sick. So awesome yeah. to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool thing too. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Fuck Shane. Just go get Noah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's over, guys. That's so sick. Oh my god. Yeah, Damn. There's been a, quite a few firsts on this yeah, on this hey. podcast episode. That's that's good, man. You know, I'm really I'm really hey, liking this. I I'm, like that. I'm really glad it could be your first, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, let me leave. Paige just rolls her eyes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, dude. So uh yeah, man. I, I just think overall 
the the goal of what you're trying to achieve is really sweet too thanks man. because man like it's it's really just about showing people that this is possible mm-hmm. um I think we're getting out of the old age of entrepreneurship where um, it's all about tearing people down and kind of making fun of people or like, oh, that guy's not work isn't as good as mine. Yeah. And trust me, I still do that stuff to other people's work and not intentionally. I'm just like, I know I can do a better job or like I, I can shoot that stuff. But when it comes down to it, I think collaboration will really bring everybody up because it gives you an idea of how people shoot. It gives you different angles to look at. It gives you a different way of thinking about things and thinking how to set a scene even. So the one thing that I hope Kelowna becomes is less clicky. Yeah. So I think you're doing a good job with this podcast, man. I think that's like really going to, really going to kick it up. Open people's minds. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's exactly what the aim is, man. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, we still have to tell that Timmy story too, but I can tell that after if you want. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? Go for it. I lost my train yeah. of thought, but yeah, just go ahead, man. Okay, sweet. Well, interrupt me if you, if you remember your train of thought. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so back to the Timmy Gregson story, the guy who got me onto this podcast. Um, when I was still in film school, I was casting for my very first narrative film, and I'm not a, I'm not a narrative filmmaker. Um, I just like I I really can't do it as much as I I I like to think I can. It's just a big process. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of planning, and I I don't like to plan a whole lot of what I do. But we did have to have a casting call, and um, because I was a I wasn't paying anybody a lot of money to do these uh, to do the roles. I was looking for I think like three people to play a couple roles. So I was like, if maybe I get a couple people out, I can give them like a couple hundred bucks out of the like the two thousand dollars i had saved to do the film um and then we'll see where it goes so timmy actually showed up to the casting call and he fucking sucked (laughs) (laughs) he knows the story already but holy fuck like it was pretty brutal um keep your day job man (laughs) yeah dude like at one point uh it was just like, I was like, can you physically yell for me? And he was just so nervous and it, he just, he couldn't do it. He couldn't read the lines. And I was like, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to do That'd be me this. too, like, man. He was, he, there was only a couple of people that showed up and he was like one of the, maybe like the five or 10 people that showed up for the day. Actually, there was way less than 10. It was like maybe four. So um, I was just really thankful he showed up. But later after school finished and I had done that narrative, which bombed by the way, um, <laughs> I had him on Facebook still, and when I was going to shoot for Apex Vision Fitness, I didn't want to just hit them up on Instagram and be like, yo, I'll shoot some stuff, but I don't have anything to show you. So I asked him and one other girl, Kira, um, to help me shoot some fitness stuff, and he said yes. So he was way better shooting fitness stuff because he didn't have to say any lines, and he was already pretty big. So it was cool. Um, I really captured a lot of sweet emotion from him just because he, he does work out very hard and like intense. Like he's a very driven and focused guy when he wants to be. Um, I think just some of the people he hangs out with kind of distract him. Uh, but it was cool. Cause like that kind of flourished a relationship is the fact that he even tried and showed up and now we're still, we're still pretty good friends to this day. And like, he helps me out with stuff. And, um, I think he's starting his own content and stuff now too. But anyways, it was the fact that he showed up later he actually managed to get a part in one of my films and then that kind of perpetuated me and him i like to think forward so that was something that was really really cool and of course he would he would tell me to come on this podcast too but he's just like a catalyst character for a lot of what i do it seems so it seems like it i might have to have this character on my show yeah you should (laughs) timmy's a pretty interesting guy i don't think uh i don't think people give him enough credit because he works really hard at um i think he works at sunglasses hut right now he's he manages it right now oh sick Um, but yeah he's really he's very intelligent he's pretty good behind the camera too um yeah i think he's just like he's just where a lot of people are and they're just not sure how to start the confidence level again yeah the confidence level how to start how to shoot for instagram and facebook and youtube because they're all different they're all different platforms so yeah it's pretty crazy so yeah that was that was a little timmy timmy gregson story he kind of helped me get my very first client and then uh yeah he gained my confidence too he definitely helped me boost my confidence when it came to shooting so did kira too i gotta give her credit because i haven't talked to her in a while but um she she really did help me out too when I first started. So oh. yeah, man, got to give credit where credit is due, homie. Oh yeah, absolutely, of course, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, that's, I love that story though. And you know, shouts out to Timmy. Yeah, dude. Shouts out guy. to Kira. He can't act, but he's a sweet guy. I mean, he, <laughs> okay, he can act now. He was just too scared at the time, but that's all good. Right. We all start somewhere, man. And that, fuck, I think that's where a lot of people forget too, mm-hmm. is that 
even looking back on my films that I made in film school, I was like, fuck, like those are really bad. And gotta start. Yeah, you just gotta start. Yeah. Honestly, we might even look back at this podcast episode like years like, you know, even months from now and be like, Man, that was really bad. <laughs> I'm so nervous listening to this now. Just like my little going two in my cents. <laughs> Paige, you're the shining star here. Okay, Paige, you're the main attraction. That's what I like to hear. You're the yeah. main attraction. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I, honestly, I enjoyed this podcast so much. It was yeah. actually really fun. And honestly, like we're up to about 50 minutes, which oh, is like shit. It was an hour. Yeah. Damn, dude. Where'd time go? That was that, that was fast. Yeah. Fucking crazy, right? Yeah. It's literally like Good almost 5:30 right now. Jesus. Well, sorry good conversations with good people yeah yeah exactly exactly i'd honestly i'd love to have you guys back on here yeah, dude, um time. you know in in a in a bit you know like let's see what more work uh you guys get done but um tell tell everybody where they can find your work though uh, if you go to www.com slash Pornhub, this has been a big running joke for the day. Um, no, a lot of my stuff you can find on Instagram, um, Instagram and YouTube. So if you type in my name, Shane Massey, S-H-A-Y-N-E-M-A-S-S-Y, and then you'll probably find me on Instagram and YouTube first. Um, a lot of my content I haven't been posting recently just because I've been in like a state of kind of a lull, I would say. So a lot of like reconstructing, figuring out where I want to go forward because I am switching my my i guess artistic vision up a little bit so it's been a lot of that but for the next like at least three months i plan on doing a lot of regular videos and like a lot not like one or two a week like five or six a week so i'm hoping to get out a lot more content step up the regular game regular content is key step up the game <laughs> there it is there it is and uh that's awesome Paige. do you have an instagram account that everybody yeah, can i you actually at? post most of my stuff to instagram it's my first and last name uh can How you spell it out? Yeah, <laughs> you probably should do that. Italian names are a little difficult for me, so... P-A-I-G-E dot V-E-N-D-I-T-T-E-L-L-I. Yeah, I still don't even know how to spell her last name. <laughs> I mess it up all the time. It's okay, we'll get there. It's okay, I, I'm, I swear I'm dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> Excuses. Cool, man. Yeah. All right, well, uh, thank you for being on this podcast, both of you. I really appreciate it a lot. It was really fun. And everybody, appreciate thank you for listening. I'm your host, Deepak Batty, and this is For the Culture, the Center Point in Art and Entrepreneurship. Until next time, see ya. Also, before I, we actually go, follow us on SoundCloud. Hey. Um, you'll eventually see everything show up on, like, you know, all those podcast apps Apple like music, Apple iTunes, Music, iTunes, Spotify. Spotify. But uh, follow us on SoundCloud first because honestly, every interview that I do will actually come out like probably six or so hours before they actually are announced to the public just because Sweet. I'm lazy okay. and I do everything the night before so that it's real easy when I get up lethargic at eight in the morning. Nice. So, uh, Fair enough, yeah, man. drop. Drop a follow, all right?